Hey friends, what's up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Yurches, Daf 18 of Masech Tabea. Um What can I tell you about Daf 18? So we start out with a new Mishnah. It talks really all about like um, uh, going to the mikvah, people, uh, vessels, things like that. We're going to see four different opinions about how come we do not um, put things into the mikvah on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Uh, why, why, why don't we tovel things on Shabbos and Yom Tov? Um, yeah, that's kind of like the main kind of uh, sugya on today's daf. So let's jump in here. And the Fudzayinum and Beis, at the Mishnah towards the bottom, Cholios Acher Shabbos. Ho, ho. So when Yom Tov falls out on Sunday, that sounds fun. So Bishamah says, well, everything needs to go to the mikvah before Shabbos. Everything being vessels, if you get a new bowl, let's say, for, for, for Shabbos and Yom Tif. So make sure that you bring that bowl to the mikvah on Friday already. And guess what? You should also go to the mikvah on Friday. Don't go to the mikvah on Shabbos and Yom Tif, according to Bishamah. Whereas Basilel says the vessels you got to get into the mikvah, you got to tovel the kalim before Shabbos. But people can go to the mikvah on Shabbos and Memela on Yom Tov. That both Beishame and Basilel agree. Friends, what does that mean? Can somebody explain this to me? Meshikin is basically if you have water, drinking water, and the water becomes tummy. So you want to make the water tar. So you could drink so you could drink it, assuming that you want to drink tar water. So you can do what you can do is that you could put it in a stone vessel, because stone is not makabotuma, and then you leave the vessel open at the top and then you dip the vessel into the water so that the tome water that you're going to drink ultimately touches the mikvah water um, and now the mikvah water is and now the, 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 the water the drinking water is now tahar water Givaldi, that's what ashaka is kind of like connect the mikvah water to the tome water now the tome water becomes tahar aval lomat bilin but you don't put them in the mikvah. What does that mean? It means that let's say you have a vessel that's tame. So you say, hey, I'll feed two birds with one seed. I'll put my tame water inside the tame vessel. I'll then do ashake because of course we know both Basil and Beishami agree that you're not allowed to put kalim in the mikvah on Shabbos and Yom Tif. But you think, I have a good idea. I'll just put my tame water that I want to do ashake with into this tummy vessel. I'll dip the tummy vessel into the water in the context of, into the mikvah in the context of the ashake. And then once the vessel is completely immersed in the mikvah and the mikvah waters touch the, the tummy waters, and now the tummy waters become tar, memele the kli is entirely submerged in the mikvah waters. And now memele, my tummy kli, is now tar. So the Gemara says, don't do that. Don't chaperai. So, Kilo, while you're allowed to do ashake, you would not be allowed to use it as an opportunity to also um, tovel your tamekli that you didn't get to before Shabbos. So, don't do that, right? So, we say, 
So Vishavan Shemeshikin Asamoyim Bichli Evan the Tyrant. So Vishavan and Basil agree that you'd be allowed to put the water, this tummy water that you want to make tahor by way of Hashoke, you could put it in a stone vessel, i.e. a vessel that is certainly going to be tahor, because stone Evan is not a so that's fine. Ve'ain madbilin, but avalom madbilin, but don't put this water in atomically, so that in the cont in the course of the ashoke you'll also memele be metaher the kli. No, that that no feeding two birds with one seed. Only one bird with one seed today. Madbilin migav legav mechabur lechamur mechabur lechabur. The the gemara is going to explain what this means that you're allowed to be tovel from one to the other, and also from one group to another group. The Gemara is going to explain what that is, um, just not today. Okay, says uh, says the Gemara, Okay, So everyone agrees, though, Beishama and Beisil agree that you would not be allowed to take a Kli, a vessel, to the Mikvah on Shabbos, or on Yom Tif. How come? How come? Meaning we had a machlokas between Beisham and Basil about can people go to the mikveh? So Beisham says no, Basil says yes. But they both agree that vessels cannot go to the mikveh on Shabbos or on Yom Tif. The question is how come? My time, how come? Omer Rabbah says Rabbah. What do you guys think Rabbah says? Kizeri Shamit, Lenu Biyadav, Yavrenu Abba'amas, Bishus HaRabbah. Rabbah's opinion when it comes to Lulav, when it comes to Shofar, Megillah, things like that, is the Gzera de Rabbah. That, okay, over there you're worried about going to the expert, whatever it is. But Rabbah says here also, he's also concerned that if you could take vessels to the mikveh, well, how are they going to get to the mikveh? You might end up carrying these vessels that you're taking to the mikveh for Amis in Rishus Rabbah. And Mimela, we don't want you to do that. Says Abaya, yeah, okay, okay, but uh, what if you have a mikveh in your chotzer and you don't have to go to Rishusarabim? So then, can you take your kalim to the boar to the mikveh in your chotzer? To which Rabbi says, well, we nonetheless make a gezer that even if you have a mikveh in your chotzer, so Mimele, there's no issue. Of carrying Dalramas from Shusarabim. However, we make a Gezerah nonetheless and say that um, even when you have a mikveh in your Chatzar, still do not um, use it out of concern for you might, you know, for situations where you don't have a mikveh in your Chatzar and you have to use the mikveh in the public domain where you might end up carrying. In to which Abai says, okay, but still, carrying, as we know at this point, carrying Dalar Amas of Shusarabim is an issue on Shabbos, but it's not an issue on Yom Tif, right? We said, since it's permitted for Ochel Nefesh, it's permitted for anything. So carrying my vessels to go to take it to the mikveh on Yom Tif shouldn't be a problem, according to Rabbi, who says that the only issue is carrying. So Gazu Yomtiv Atu Shabbos. So they say, well, we make a gazera on Yomtiv because of Shabbos. Now this is already getting interested. Umigazrinun. To which Abai says, like, what's the deal? That, that's totally a gazera the gazera, right? Kielu. We're saying 
even if I have a, 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 a um, you know, on Yom Tiv, don't take Kalim to the mikvah out of, right? Even though I'm allowed to carry on Yom Tiv, so there really isn't any concern, but then you might end up doing it on Shabbos. And on Shabbos, we're only concerned. I can't even do it in my own private chatzah out of concern that I might do it in the Shasaram. So Kilu, let's say I have a mikvah, my own private chatzah, and it's Yom Tiv. So you're going to tell me that I can't take any kalim to my own private mikvah, my own private kalim mikvah in my chatzar, on Yom Tif, out of a gezerah because of Shabbos, which in and of itself is only gezerah out of a situation where I don't have a mikvah in my own private property, and I might end up carrying Rosh Hashanah. We're getting kind of far away from the mark over here. V'yatanam, but we learn in a Mishnah, V'shavon shemeshikin asamoyim, we said in our Mishnah that both Beis Shammah and Beis Hillel agree that you would be allowed to do Ashake. You would be allowed to submerge a uh, stone vessel that has tummy water in it into a mikvah in order to make the water tahor. But don't put it in a tummy vessel so that you can also feed two birds with one seed and make the tummy vessel tahor as well. And Rabbah, if it's true that we're in Gezerah land, that we make all sorts of Gezerahs, make a Gezerah from Shabbos, from, from Yom Tif to Shabbos, from Rishon Sayachit to Rishon Sarabim, well then, Nigzer Ashok Yotu Atbalit. Well then, we should say, right, instead of saying that while you're allowed to do Ashok in a stone oven, in a, in, in a stone kli, you're not allowed to do Ashok in, uh, in, in a regular kli that's Tomei. Shouldn't we say that, well, since you're not allowed to do Ashoke in a Kli that's Tomei, then also you're not allowed to do Ashoke even in a stone Kli out of a Gezerah? After all, if we're making all sorts of Gezerahs when it comes to putting things in the mikvah, why, you know, we should make this Gezerah as well. That you're not allowed to do Ashoke in a stone vessel out of concern that you might do it in a non-stone vessel that's Tomei. Vitizbira. But then, this, the, to which uh, Rabbi responds, he says, that's not really a good question, because he Rabbi says, well, what are we talking about in the first place? If the fellow had delicious tahor drinking water, he wouldn't be getting himself uh, organized, you know, involved in this whole ashoke headache to begin with. It must mean that he doesn't have delicious, available, pure drinking water. And he's only doing ashake and putting his drinking water in the mikveh because this is all he's got. And therefore, since he doesn't have any other water, the melee is going to try to be as careful with this um, drinking water as he can. Meaning when all you have is, is this water, is this like bit of water and you don't have any other water, so you're going to do whatever you can to make sure that they don't become tummy in the first place. And therefore, since when all you have is this water and you're going to be doing whatever you can to make sure that they don't become tummy in the first place, so you don't have to do this Hashaka thing, that means that Memele, the situation that we're talking about with Hashaka, with, um, with where you're going to have to bring the water to the mikveh in this stone vessel, is something that's not very common. And because it's something that's not very common, the rabbis 
didn't make their gezerah in this case to say, well, we should make a gezerah by uh, stone vessels out of concern for situations when you use other kinds of vessels. So because in this particular situation, since this is the only water that he has, and Mamele is going to be careful with them to begin with, so the chances of having the situation of hashoke in a stone vessel is not particularly common. And because it's not particularly common, so the rabbis didn't make gezerah as opposed to just regular putting things in the mikvah. That's uh, a relatively common thing. Uh, I don't uh, take things to the mikvah like that so often, but uh, I know of people who probably do. Eisve. Abai asks another kasha. Medalen bedli tomei vehu tor me'elav. So we have a brace that says that let's say you have a bucket, a bucket for episode well, and the bucket is tomei. So we say that you'd be allowed to fill up on Shabbos this bucket you know, you can use it in the well to chuck it into the well and fill up water. Even though memela, that means that you can be submerging it in the water and it's going to become tower. Right, so again, so madlim bidli tomei So you can use this bucket for the well that's tomei. Even though memela, it means that it's going to become tower when it gets submerged in the well water. Well water. Now, if we're in Gezerah mode, well, then shouldn't we be concerned that you might just take this um, bucket and just tovel it in the mikvah? If you're allowed to, you know, if we say, look, you're allowed to use it as a bucket in a well, and that's okay, shouldn't we be concerned? Well, but then he might just end up taking the bucket and just putting it in the mikvah to begin with. Shani Asum Mitoshlohutulo Ella Ayide Dalyo Zakru. Which the Gemara says, no, in that particular case, since it's only allowed in this particular manner, using it as a bucket in a well, so you know it, he's gonna remember that look, it's only allowed in this particular way, um, you know, as a as a bucket in a well, I wouldn't be allowed to actually take it and put it in the mikvah. Eisve, then Abaya asks the Kasha to Rabba, Klishenitma me'erev yomtiv, ein matbilin also be yomtiv. Okay, so we see that, so, so we see that a, a vessel that became Tomei on Erev yomtiv, ein matbilin also be yomtiv. You're not allowed to put it in the mikvah on yomtiv. You should have put it in the mikvah before yomtiv. Be yomtiv matbilin also be yomtiv. But if it became Tomei on yomtiv, so then Besed, you could put it in the mikvah on yomtiv, um, no big deal, and then you can use it for for the rest of Yom Tov. As Rashi points out, that for Chulin, um, you don't need higher of Shemesh or anything like that, and you can use it already that day. So if the vessel became Tommy on Yom Tov, you put it in the mikvah on Yom Tov, and you can use it for the rest of the day. Vim Isa, and if we're worried about Gezeres, Nigzor do Yom Tov, do the Erev Yom Tov. Well, if we said that a vessel that became Tomei on Erev Yom Tiv, you have to put in the mikvah before Yom Tiv begins. You cannot put it in the mikvah on Yom Tiv. But if the vessel becomes Tomei on Yom Tiv, so you could put it in the mikvah on Yom Tiv, but shouldn't we make a gezerah that even when it becomes Tomei on Yom Tiv, you're still not allowed to put it in the mikvah because of a situation when it became Tomei before Yom Tiv, where you're not allowed to put it in the mikvah on Yom Tiv? So and for the Gemara to Mabiyomtiv Milsad Lo Shrichau, he umilsad lo shrichal lo gazubarabonon, to which the Gemara answers, look, when it comes to the Shalosh Rugalim, everyone's going to the mikvah, everyone's becoming pure beforehand. 
before Yom Tif. And therefore, everyone's going to be super alert to make sure that they remain pure and that their vessels remain pure and that everything's pure. And therefore, a vessel becoming impure on Yom Tif is something that is uncommon. And since it's uncommon, the rabbis did not feel the need to make a gezerah um, in that in that context. And therefore, if a vessel becomes something on Yom Tif, you can put it in the mikvah on Yom Tif, even though if it would become tummy before Yom Tif, you would not be allowed to put it in the mikvah on Yom Tif. Eisvei, by Esra Ba'akasha, Klishnitma Ba'avatuma. So if you have a vessel that became tummy from a avatuma, Okay, so an uh, avatuma is metame kalim to be a rishin, so it's a rishin latuma midoraisa. Eimat bilan also be yomtiv, so you wouldn't be allowed to put it into the mikveh on yomtiv. Bivladatuma, meaning assuming that it became tummy before yomtiv. Bivladatuma, mat bilan also be yomtiv, but if the vessel became tummy from a vladatuma, you could put it in the mikveh on yomtiv. Now midoraisa, a vessel is not able to become tummy from a vladatuma, right? Right, Adam and Kalim are only become tummy from, uh, you know, in Ava Tuma and above. So Mida Oraisa, a Vlada Tuma, such as a Rishon Tuma, cannot be Metame, another Kli. However, I don't remember, did we learn maybe Mesech the Psachim or something, that a Kli that's a Rishon could make a, another Kli, a Sheni Mida Abonon? I can't remember. It like kind of rings a bell, but I can't really remember. But anyways, that, that, that does seem one way or another to be what we're talking about over here, that a vessel that became a sheni, that became tummy from a rishon latuma, which mida oraisa is tahor, but mida abonon is tummy. So we say what? Pivlada tuma matbilin also be yomtiv, that you can put in the mikvah on yomtiv. Vim isa. And if we're in gezerah mode, well then, shouldn't we say, nigzor ha atuha? Shouldn't we say that a Vessel that became tame from a vlada tuma. Shouldn't we say that a vessel that became tame from a vlada tuma, that is only tame midorabanon, you should nonetheless not be allowed to put in the mikvah on yom tif out of concern that well you're not allowed to put a vessel that became tame from an avatuma in the mikvah on yom tif. So and for the gemara vlada tuma echimishkachas lo gabikanim kanim ziyuzinheim. To which the gemara answers that well. To who is this, these kalim really relevant? To Kohanim, right? Meaning, if we're talking about kalim, that Midorabanim became Tame from Arishan Latumah. That makes them an Asheni Latumah. So Asheni Latumah is Matame, Truma, Kodshim. And therefore, that's only relevant to Kohanim, who are eating Truma and Kodshim. And therefore, the Kohanim are particularly Zrizim. They're detailed and, and, and very, um, on top of the mitzvahs and stuff. And therefore, we're not super concerned that the Kohanim um, are going to end up uh, putting an avatum in, something that became tummy from an avatum in the mikvah, because we're talking about Kohanim, they know the difference, they, they, we don't have to make this gezerah for the Kohanim specifically. Uh, additionally, an alternative answer that Rashi gives is that, well, because the Kohanim are particularly careful, this whole context becomes something that is a um, not common. And if it's uncommon, then the rabbis didn't make a uh, feel the need to make a gzera. Okay, fine. That sounds very nice. Interesting. If you have a uh, nida who has to go to the mikvah, 
Okay, fine. And she doesn't have pure clothing. She doesn't have Torah clothing to change into afterwards. All she has is tummy clothing. So then, it says, What she can do is, now she can't put her clothing in the mikvah because clothing are kalim. And we said that you can't put kalim in the mikvah on Shabbos or Yom Tev. What she can do is, she could jump in the mikvah with her clothing. Now, I don't know about chatzitzas and stuff. But she could jump in the mikvah with her clothing. And then Mimele, ah, you know what she can do? Oh, this is probably the point, is that maybe she's not going to the mikvah. Meaning, she could jump in because, right, aha, uh-huh, okay, yeah, because, yeah, because we're going to see later on that it could just look like she's cooling down, I think. So, she could jump in the mikveh, because she's just like cooling down or whatever. Then Mimele, her clothing is in the mikveh, and her clothing becomes taller. So now her clothing is taller. And then once her clothing is taller, so then, so then I guess she, she now has taller clothing. And so even though she can't put her clothing directly into the mikvah, she could jump into the mikvah with her clothing, and then her clothing will become taller. Problem solved. Okay, fine. Although I think Rashi seems to be saying that actually the tefillah does work for her as well. So it seems like she's feeding two birds with one seed. So I don't know about chatzitzas and stuff like that. But we're saying that even though her clothing, she would not be able to put directly into the mikvah because clothing are kalim and kalim you cannot put into the mikvah on Yom Tif, of course, as we're learning about. So, but what she could do is she could jump into the mikvah and feed two birds with one seed. She'll be taller as well as her clothing will be taller. Fine, vim isa, but if we're concerned about gazeras, nigzer dilmaasilat bule be'enayu. Shouldn't we be concerned that if she can... Um, uh, uh, put her clothing in the mikvah in, in this way, then she might end up just putting her clothing in the mikvah directly, which is not allowed. To which the Gemara answers, no, it's different over there that, um, you know, since the only way that the clothing are allowed to go into the mikvah is in this particular way that she jumps in in her clothing, so then it's clear that only in this particular way is it allowed. She won't end up um, just putting her clothing in the mikvah straight. Okay, sounds very nice. New. So where are we at? Basically, we have the opinion of Rabbah that the reason why you're not allowed to put things in the mikvah on Shabbos on Yom Tif is because we're out of concern of carrying Dalaramas from Shusharab. We asked about all these questions, right? Where, well, what about in situations where it's irrelevant and we say it's a, it's well, it's ultimately then a gezerah. And then we challenge that by saying, well, there are other situations where you where where you're allowed to put things in the context of mikvah that we don't make gezeras. And we answered each one of those. So to get back to where we started, Rabbah says that ultimately the reason why we do we do not tovel things in the mikvah on Shabbos and Yom Tif is ultimately a concern out of carrying Talat Amos B'Shusharab. Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef that the concern is schita, that if you could put kalim in the mikvah, now kalim includes clothing, clothing are kalim. Now, if you could put kalim in the mikvah, you might end up wringing them out. And srita is a tolada of mefarek, dash, whatever it is. I think dash is a tolada of mefarek. To which Abaye asks Rav Yosef, it says, well, that makes sense in the context of things that you could wring out. What about things that you, what about kalim that you cannot wring out? What about a bowl? You don't wring out a bowl. Why can't I put that in the mikvah? To which Rav Yosef says, out of a gezer. That, well, we're concerned that if you put the bowl in the mikvah, you might end up putting clothing in the mikvah and wringing out the clothing. 
To which Abai then asked Rav Yosef all of the questions that he asked Rabba about, well, do we really make Gezeris? And Rav Yosef answered all of them like Rabba did, you know, answered why all those concerns weren't concerns. Rav Bevai Omar, Gezeris Yasha, or Rav Bevai says, how come you're not allowed to put vessels in the mikvah on Yom Tif? Well, because we're concerned, well, if you could put vessels in the mikvah on Yom Tif, well, then you might just wait for Yom Tif, right? So let's say you have a vessel that became Tameh, and you say, okay, I have to take this mikvah, this vessel to the mikvah. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like going, taking Kalim to the mikvah is something that could sometimes uh, not be at the top of, at the top of your fun list. So you might push it off. Now, if you know that on Yom Tif, you're allowed to take vessels to the mikvah, you might say, let me just wait till Yom Tif. As Rashi says, um, Yom Tif Shu'uponui, then on Yom Tif you have plenty of time. I experienced this on, on recently on Rosh Hashanah. Um, there was plenty of time. It's very interesting. I'm not used to having plenty of time. But on Rosh Hashanah, there's already, I already prepared Babylon Talmud on, on, on Shabbos. And then whatever was left, I already had done on, uh, over uh, Rosh Hashanah. And then I actually had some time. It was an interesting thing. And so says Avevai, Yom Tev is the kind of thing where you can end up with some extra time on your hands. And you might then say, I'll use that time to chop a rhyme and to bring my vessels to the mikvah. So, 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 well, and what will end up happening is that you're going to keep these bowls and, and things around that are tame because you're waiting for Yom Tif when you'll have some extra time and you'll bring it to the mikvah. And that's, you don't want to keep things that are tame around because then, you know, truma could become, like things, other things could end up becoming tame. So, so Rebbevai says the reason why we don't put vessels in the mikvah on Yom Tif is because we're concerned that if that's the case, you might end up waiting for Yom Tif to take things to the mikvah, which means that you'll end up leaving around Tameh things, and we don't want that. Tanei Kavosah Rebbevai, we have a Bryce supporting Rebbevai, Klishenitma Me'erev Yom Tif, that if you have a vessel that became Tameh on Erev Yom Tif, Ein Malpilin also be Yom Tif, so you don't put it in the mikvah on Yom Tif, how come? out of concern for people specifically end up leaving vessels for Yom Tif so that they'll go to the mikveh then on Yom Tif and then they'll have tummy vessels waiting around which is not something that we want Rav Omar this is probably the most famous of all of the answers I think which is that out of concern for being Misakin Kli that a vessel that's tummy is like unusable and by putting it in the mikvah, you're now fixing it. And that's like a makabipatish kind of thing, right? We don't like fix things on Yom Tif, on Shabbos, on Yom Tif. So Rav Amr Kimisakin Kli, that by putting a vessel in the mikvah, it's like you're fixing a, a um, it's like you're fixing it. Well, if that's the case, then a fellow also, a fellow is Tomei, he's like incomplete. He goes to the mikvah, now he's complete, now he's fixed. So if that's the case, then a fellow shouldn't go to the mikvah on Shabbos and Yom Tov either, he's fixing himself. So, Adam Nira Kimekar. So, the, 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 the Gemara answers, well, a fellow, he might just look like he's cooling down, not necessarily fixing himself in the mikvah. That makes sense. If you're in a beautiful pool, or, you know, a beautiful body of water, what if you're in a putrid body of water? 
Why would you be going to a putrid body of water? Why would you jump into a putrid body of water? Because it, it's a kosher mikvah. It's a kosher mikvah. So then it's clear that you're only going for the mikvah and you're fixing yourself. So I'm Rav Nachman. Ba'itzlik paimim shadam ba. Ba'asharav v'rochet zafilu b'mei mishu. Rav Nachman says, look, there are situations where people can even cool themselves off in putrid waters. If it's a, it's a, if it's a heat wave and they, they, they didn't have air conditioning back then, and maybe he didn't have some hot water to make himself a hot drink to cool down. So, so he says, let me jump into water, even though it's water that they soak flax in, which apparently is not the most refreshing water. But nonetheless, it can happen that a person can jump into a water that might not be top notch. And therefore, that's why you can go to the, um, mikvah. A fellow can go to the mikvah on Shabbos. You don't think it just looks like he's cooling down. Okay, so this is very nice. In the summer, where maybe jumping in the water is very refreshing. What about in the winter when it's freezing cold outside and you're jumping into the water? You're going to the mikvah, no? So says of look, it can happen in the winter as well. A fellow is absolutely, you know, filthy. He could jump into the water even during the winter. So again, so even if somebody sees you in the, in the body of water in the winter, it could be that you're just kind of, you know, not necessarily fixing yourself, but maybe you had to jump in for other reasons. Okay, that's fine. This makes sense on Shabbos. What about on Yom Kippur? You can't just jump into a body of water on Yom Kippur to, to cool, you know, to, to enjoy yourself. So if that's the case, so Mimele, why are you going to this body of water on Yom Kippur to fix yourself? Shouldn't that be a problem? On my Rave, says Rave, well, we can't have a situation that something would be permitted on Shabbos and Asr and Yom Kippur when it comes to Malach. Okay, if we're saying that you're not allowed to go to the mikvah, meaning if we would be saying that um, on Shabbos we're not concerned that going to the mikvah is going to be a problem of fixing yourself, because we could say near a kimaker, he's just cooling himself down. So we're not concerned about the malacha of Makabapatish. We're not concerned on um, Shabbos that you're fixing yourself. So does it make sense to say that on Yom Kippur we're going to be concerned about a malacha that we're not concerned about Shabbos? No, if on Shabbos we're not concerned about this malacha, so then on Yom Kippur we're also not going to be concerned about the malacha. Since we're not concerned about fixing yourself on Shabbos, we're also not concerned about fixing yourself in this manner on Yom Kippur. And therefore, you can... Go to the mikveh even on Yom Kippur. But does Rava really hold of Ho'il? Meaning Rava had just said, well, since it's allowed on Shabbos, it's all, therefore it's also allowed on Yom Kippur. Does, when it comes to Malach on Shabbos, does Rava really hold of this since principle? But we learn in a Mishnah, a fellow, if his teeth are bothering him, he shouldn't sip vinegar. Because, you know, why is he sipping vinegar? It must be. Who's going to sip vinegar? Memele, he has a toothache. And he's doing this as a refua. And we know that refua is also midrabanan because of shrikha samamon. Avol, metabalu kedarkovim nisapa nisapa. But you could dip things into vinegar. And then if memele, the vinegar uh, helps out uh, for your teeth. So, so givaldik. But you can't sip vinegar directly. 
Because that would be clear that you're doing it for a fool. Veramina nalom, we ask the kasha, ligamea ufole, avam ligamea ufolea. We have a kasha, that we have a brice that says, that don't um, sip and spit, but you can sip and swallow. Givaldic. Meaning, there is a way that you're allowed to sip vinegar on Shabbos for your, for, to benefit your teeth. And that is, if you sip it and swallow it, so then it's okay. If you sip it and spit it out, so then why are you doing that? Clearly you're trying to fix your teeth and that'll be a problem for fool. But if you sip it and swallow it, then it's okay. So how come on the one hand, we're saying that you're not allowed to sip vinegar. You can only, you know, uh, have it sort of in the context of dipping so that it's not clear that uh, it's for a fool. Yet we also say, wait, you actually are allowed to sip vinegar as long as you swallow it. So Rabbi says, well, when the Mishnah says that you're not allowed to spit, uh, that you're not allowed to sip, rather you can just eat it like by dipping. So that means that you're not allowed to sip and spit. Instead, dip. But sip and swallow would be acceptable. Whereas Rava says, Rava says you can even say that when the Mishnah says that you're not allowed to sip, rather you have to dip. That could even be talking about sipping and swallowing. Well, what's the problem with that? The answer is, depends if he's already eaten. If he hasn't yet already eaten, so then he could sip and swallow. No problem, and it doesn't look so crazy. He hasn't eaten yet. So he's, you know, maybe he's getting ready to eat, whatever it is. He's sipping some vinegar. Sounds interesting. But once he's already eaten, even sipping and swallowing is not allowed because you're already eaten. Why are you sipping vinegar? It must be that you have a toothache. The imisa, and if it's true that Rava holds of this principle of ho'il, that since this, since one thing is permitted, therefore something else is permitted, well then, well then why doesn't Rava say that, well, since he's allowed to sip and swallow before eating, he should be allowed to sip and swallow after eating as well. Just like he says that, well, since you're allowed to go to the mikvah on Shabbos and it's no problem, you're also allowed to go to the mikvah on Yom Kippur and it's no problem. So you should say that since you're allowed to sip and swallow before eating, you should be able to sip and swallow after eating. So the more answer is that Rave was chayzer. He changed his he, he retracted. Retracted from what? Retracted from the vinegar thing. That meaning initially he had explained that when we say that you're not allowed to sip the vinegar, it's talking about after eating. And when you're allowed to sip and swallow, it's talking about before eating. But then what about hoil? So we say that Rava later jumped on the hoil train, on the sins train. And once he jumped on the sins train, right, was it? Once you, once, uh, it doesn't really rhyme, but once you, since you never go back. Since would have to rhyme with, with ak, probably for that to work. So once Rave jumped on the since train and says, well, since on Shabbos you're allowed to go to the mikvah, so then also on Yom, on, 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 uh, Yom Kippur you're allowed to go to the mikvah. So also if he would say that since you can sip vinegar before you eat, you can also sip vinegar and swallow it after you eat. So then how do you explain the Mishnah that says that you're not allowed to sip vinegar, you have to dip it? It means you're not allowed to sip it 
and spit it out. But if you want to swallow it, how do you know that Rava changed his mind against Ho'il, against saying sins? Maybe he changed his mind. I don't know what I just said. How do I know that Rava changed his mind to say Ho'il, right? And therefore, rejecting the initial answer that we said that that uh, when you're not allowed to sip, it's talking about before eating, and you are, no, when you're not allowed to sip, it's talking about after eating, when you are allowed to sip, it's talking about before eating, right? Initially, that's what we want to say, that according to Rav, before he eats, he's allowed to sip and swallow, after he eats, he's not allowed to sip and swallow, and then we said, yeah, but what about Ho'il, and we say, oh yeah, you're right, how do you, know? wait, maybe, maybe Ho'il, maybe he changed his mind against saying Ho'il, and maybe the correct answer, according to Rava, is that, in fact, before you eat, you're allowed to sip and swallow. After you eat, you're not allowed to sip and swallow. He doesn't say ho'il. So, you can't say that because we have a price that says, that anybody who needs to go to the mikvah can go to the mikvah on Tishabav, on Yom Kippur, and it's no problem. Which means that we, we have a price that says that on Yom Kippur, you're allowed to go to the mikvah. Well, how is that allowed? It's only allowed if you say since. That's since, meaning because you're clearly not going to cool down on Yom Kippur. So you're definitely going to the mikvah. What about Misakin? It's a good question. But since it's allowed on Shabbos, and we don't say it's an issue of Misakin, so therefore on Yom Kippur as well, you're allowed to go to the mikvah. So certainly it's clear that when it comes to Yom Kippur, when it comes to Shabbos and Yom Kippur and going to the mikvah, we say Ho'il. And therefore, since we say Ho'il there, we're also going to say the same thing also by the uh, vinegar and say that since he's allowed to sip and swallow bef- uh, before he eats, he's also allowed to sip and swallow after he eats. And therefore, um, how do you understand the Bryce that says that you're not allowed to sip, you have to dip. And the Bryce that says, well, you're allowed to sip and swallow. So Rav is going to have to answer like Abaye that when the when it says that you're not allowed to sip, it means you're not allowed to sip and spit, but you would be allowed to sip and swallow. Very, very beautiful sugya of Gemara. The Mishnah then said that both Beit Shammai and Basil agree that you're allowed to do Ashake. That if you have water that is Tome and you want to make it Tor, so you can touch the Tome waters to the waters of a mikvah and then it becomes, then the Tome waters become Tor. However, they agree that it would have to be done in a stone vessel. You wouldn't be able to do it in, let's say, a wooden vessel that became Tome that you would also then be able to feed two birds with one seed and dip the tame vessel into the mikvah at the same time that you do the ashaka and memele, um, you fed two birds with one seed, you made the water tahor and you also made the vessel tahor as well. So we say don't do that, right? You're only allowed to do it in a, in a stone vessel, not in, let's say, a tame wooden vessel. My Okay, so says Shmuel that what does it mean that we don't dip in the mikvah? What it means, as it just was, we were just just discussing, it means that while you're allowed to use a stone vessel, which will not become tummy at all, um, you would not be allowed to use it as an opportunity to dip a tummy vessel into the mikvah to make it tahor. Um, you can do ashaka, but you cannot do hatbala. Fine. Okay, money must nisan. So now, Frek the Gemara, who's the author of our Mishnah? That our Mishnah kind of has a hybrid opinion. 
Our Mishnah says that you're allowed to do Ashaka, you're not allowed to do Atbala. You're allowed to touch these tummy waters, the tar waters, to make the tummy waters tower, but you would not be allowed to do it in a vessel that needs to go to the mikvah. You can do Ashaka, you cannot do Atbala. So Manu Masnisin, whose, whose opinion is that? Lo Rebbe, Lo Rabbanon. It's neither the opinion of Rebbe, nor is it the opinion of Rabbanon. The Tanis will learn in the Brayse, You're not allowed to basically stick a vessel in a mikvah to make a tower on Yom Tev, even in the context of Ashaka. Well, in order to make a tower, it doesn't save it Shabbos or Yom Tev. Then Meshikin and you can't do Ashaka either. That's Rabbi's opinion. So Rabbi's opinion is you can't do either one. You can't do Adbala and you can't do Ashaka either. You can't do anything. Our Mishnah said you're allowed to do Ashaka. And Chacham say not only are you allowed to do Ashaka, you can even do Adbala in this manner. If you have these Tomei waters that you want to make Torah by Ashaka, so you could put it in a tummy vessel and put that and, and then do ashaka that way. And the tummy vessel then becomes tar. So again, our Mishnah says that you're allowed to do ashaka, you're not allowed to do atbala. Rebbe says you're not allowed to do ashaka nor atbala. And the Chachavim say you're allowed to do both. You're allowed to do ashaka and atbala. So who who is our Mishnah like? It's like neither Rebbe nor the Rabbanon. So money, Rebbe kasha ashaka. If we want to say our Mishnah is Rebbe, well, what about the fact that Rebbe says that Ashaka is not allowed? Our Mishnah says Ashaka is allowed. And if it's the Rabbis, what about the fact that our, our Mishnah says Hadbala is not allowed and the Rabbis say Hadbala is allowed? To which Sigmar says, look, I can answer either way. Either for the Rabbis or for the Rabbanon. If you want to say that um, our Mishnah is Rebbe, okay, well, if that's the case, well then, how come our Mishnah says that you're allowed to do Ashaka. Rebbe says you're not allowed to do Ashaka. And for the Gemara, Reisha de Brisa Biyomtiv is safe for Bishabas Vukulmas Nisan Biyomtiv. Okay. So if we look at the Brisa, what does it say? A Matbilin Esakli al Gav Meim of Lataro. So it says that you're not allowed, right? The mission, right? The Brisa had said that Rebbe's opinion is that you're not allowed to do Adbala. You're not allowed, if you have some water that needs to go, that's tummy, you want to do ashaka, you cannot do that in a, let's say, a wooden vessel that's tummy that needs to go to the mikvah. You would not be allowed to do that. And that's even on Yom Tif. And then he continues and he says, And you're not allowed to do ashaka even in a stone vessel. That's talking about on Shabbos. On Shabbos were more stringent. You're not allowed to do ashaka in a stone vessel. But v'chulam asnisin b'yom says the Gemara. But our Mishnah is talking about Anyamtiv. And therefore, when our Mishnah says that you are allowed to do Ashaka, that's Anyamtiv. So when the Brisa says you're not allowed to do Ashaka according to Rebbe, that's on Shabbos. When the Mishnah says, right, and, 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 okay, so that's on Shabbos, that's where you're not allowed to do it. Now, our Mishnah is entirely talking about Anyamtiv. And therefore, it says that you are allowed to do Ashaka. But even Anyamtiv, Rebbe would say that you're not allowed to do Hatbala. And therefore, he says, that um, that's why our Mishnah says, so our Mishnah is Rebbe, and our Mishnah says that you're not allowed to do Atbala, but you are allowed to do Ashaka, because our Mishnah is talking about on Yom Tif, where you're allowed to do Ashaka, but you're not allowed to do Atbala, according to Rebbe. 
be by same rabbanon bechulamas nisim b'shabes. Or you could say that it's talking about the opinion of the rabbis, and therefore they would say that the brisa is talking about on yomtiv, and therefore and the rabbis would say on yomtiv you're allowed to do ashaka and at bala. And our Mishnah is talking about on Shabbos, where you're allowed to do Ashaka according to the rabbis on Shabbos, but you would not be allowed to do um, Hatbala. Alright, very good. Very, very nice. Friends, that was Daf Yudches of Mesech I think it was a somewhat interesting Daf. We gave four reasons for why you're not allowed to uh, put vessels in the mikvah on, on, uh, why Beis Shaman Basil agree that you're not allowed to put vessels in the mikvah on Shabbos and Yom Tif. Rabba's opinion is because, um, Rabba's opinion is because we're concerned that you might end up carrying four Amis in Rishus Rabba. Rav Yosef is concerned you might end up wringing out the, the vessels. To which we said, wait, but what about vessels that you don't wring out? Well, it's a Gezerah because of the vessels that you do wring out. And, we, we got into the whole question of gezeras and do, in what ways do they apply. Um, okay, fine. Then we saw the opinion of Bevai, which is that, well, we're concerned that if you can take things to the mikvah on Yom Tif, you might end up leaving your vessels for Yom Tif, And then you're going to have tummy things around and we don't want tummy things to be around. And Rava says, I think the sort of most well-known opinion, which is, um, well, it's like you're fixing something. Right, that if you have a vessel that's tummy and you put it in the mikvah, it's like you're fixing something. Then the shail is, well, then a person also, aren't you fixing yourself? We say, no, it seems like you're, it looks like you, you can make the argument that you're really just cooling down. So, okay, what about Yom Kippur when you don't just cool down and water on Yom Kippur? Well, we say that since it's allowed on Shabbos, it's also allowed on Yom Kippur. We're not going to have something that is more, that, uh, that, 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 that we're not concerned about the malacha of Mesakin on Shabbos, and yet we are concerned about it on Yom Kippur. So, therefore, Mimele, Hoil, since it's allowed on Shabbos, it's also allowed on Yom Kippur. We then asked Kashas, wait, does Rava really hold of Hoil? We ended up saying that, um, yes, he does hold of Hoil. And in that context, we saw that about sipping vinegar on Shabbos for Rifua, because in general, you would not be allowed to do Rifua on Shabbos. Because of a uh, gezera of uh, chopping up spices for refuas. So we say though that you would be allowed to sip vinegar as long as you um, swallow it. Just don't um, spit it out because then it would be clear that it's talking, that they're doing it for refuah. And then we uh, explained our Mishnah that, you know, our Mishnah says that you um, are allowed to do ashake on Yom Tif, but not hatbala. Uh, we say, wait, who's that like? Because Rebbe seems to be saying that you're allowed to do neither Ashaka nor Atbala. The Chacham seems to be saying that you could do both. We say, well, it could be either Rebbe or the Rabbis. That um, our Mishnah is that you could say it's Rebbe and our Mishnah is talking about on Yom Tif. And because it's Yom Tif, you're allowed to do Ashaka, but uh, you're not allowed to do Atbala. And you could say that Rebbe in the Braisa, when he says that you um, are not allowed to do Ashaka, that's talking about on Shabbos. Or you could say, that um, our mission is the rabbis, that our mission is talking about on Shabbos, and that's why you're not allowed to do Atbala, but you still are allowed to do Ashaka. And in the Brisa, they're talking about Yom Tif, we're allowed to do Atbala and Ashaka. All right, that sounds like fun stuff. Friends, I hope you enjoyed. Hope you enjoy your day. Cheers.